Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness. I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health enthusiast. Welcome back, Renegades. Welcome, Renegades. Welcome to another episode of Learning Things with Eleni. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I'm excited this week. We're talking plastics. 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 Something that should not be necessarily in our bodies. Yeah. <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> I'm excited for us. I like that. Um, the nutrition side also involves like your environment, like what's around you Big in your time. house. Pay attention, folks. Well, you do remember my first, my bachelor's degree was in environmental science. Okay, yes. So I always have that in my heart. Yep. And then my first master's degree was occupational environmental health. So oh. I kind of can't help it. Okay, I am um, in high school. You need to like fact check me right now. <laughs> in high school, my, my teacher, my science teacher, I forget, maybe chemistry, she was like the most toxic thing in your home right now. The average American is your shower curtain the inside oh. liner she's like it is lined with bpa and every time you take a hot hot shower, shower. It, it, and you know like lets it out and then you breathe it in and she was like they did a study so ever since then now i have cloth um linen shower curtains is this you is this like i believe factual? it okay i mean it is a big source of of bpa and pvc plastic usually ours and it's is like ours up is in your cloth. face yeah, yeah, ours is cloth for that reason, okay, too. Okay, well, renegades, go buy you some cloth shower curtains. Also, as an advantage of having a cloth one is because, so ours is like the inside liner is cloth, and yes. then the outside is cloth. It's cute. So you yep. can just unhook it from the, and, and then throw it in the wash. So instead of having to like scrub, because like mildew just builds yep. up no matter what, whether yep. it's cloth or plastic, like yes. gross, scummy. It is gross. Gross, yes. scummy stuff. Yes. So I just pull it off like once a quarter and just wash it. Yes. In hot, extra hot water. Yes. That's the advantage of having cloth. Plus yes. it's not poisoning you every time you take a shower. Yes. I just cleaned mine for the first time in a year. No, since we moved into our house four years. <laughs> but it's cloth so it doesn't get as gross as the plastic yeah. one so it wasn't as gross but it's... We must be dirtier people. Yes. Ours gets nasty. <laughs> no, no, it needed. I have to watch mine at, like a couple times a year. So. It, it needed it. Needed it. I'm, I am a little grosser. <laughs> Although to be fair neither my husband or I shower more than twice a week. So... Oh! That's that's funny too. It, but you don't stink as a, as a general rule. Like I, I don't... Well, I don't think so. Today... Today yeah. I noticed I was smelly, so You're I put on more today. deodorant. But. You, okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, once we start, honestly, because it's so hard, especially in Iowa in the winter. Yeah. It's so hard on your skin. Dries you out. And your mm. b- skin, you guys get a little bonus sauce, and your skin has this natural okay. microbiome of its own. Oh. So just like we have a gut microbiome, okay. we have a skin microbiome. And oh. every time you shower and use soaps that are antibacterial, okay. you damage that microbiome. But that microbiome oh. is there to like... Keep your skin radiant. Keep your skin gorgeous. healthy. Yeah. And to ensure it forms a barrier to keep pathogens from coming in. Oh, but it also just helps like protect you in general, like eats away dead skin cells. And that's very interesting. Okay, well, then I don't take a shower ever, but I take a (laughs) bath every single night for one hour. So does that, but I'm curious. Now, I don't use the antibacterial soap. I just use some natural that whatever so like bath if you just did everyone, bath salts like that weren't I do like that once in a while yeah the epsom salt if you did something that wasn't cleansing it would be easier on your skin well i don't to be honest i wash my face and my hair my oh wait my face every time 
but my hair only once or twice a week. But my body, to be honest, right now, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I really wash it. I just think I just get it and out. <laughs> I'm a little gross. Maybe it's good. I mean, if it's just water, then it's not really hurting anything. Okay. Right? Like your skin is made to handle yeah. water. And I used to get really a lot more rashes when I was younger. Like I got, I was like, oh, I'm rashing. And now I don't rash anymore. My skin feels good. So I'm yeah. going to keep doing it. My acne mostly cleared up. I had really bad acne all through... Um, middle school and high school which is so sad knowing what I know now that I suffered so much because yeah. I'm like oh I gotta have cured that in like weeks Glute, gluten dairy <laughs> sugar I, uh-huh, yeah, yeah like yeah. how sad that I suffered but anyway I did yeah. it makes you a stronger person builds character yes it does yes it does it will build fine. our personality imagine if we were just pretty we'd be yeah. so boring yeah that's right it wouldn't be funny because if we you're have, that pretty you don't have to have a personality you don't have to have a now we can have a podcast, Elaney. Um, yes, but anyway, when I went to college, then one of my friends was like, oh, if you stop washing your face, maybe it'll help. And I did. I stopped washing my face, and that's when my acne cleared up because oh, soap funny. was, like, damaging was it so much. It okay. So then I kind of applied that principle to my whole body. So now I so just... Now we we here at Renegade support not bathing. I wonder friends. how many people we we lost with that first, oh, like... Yeah. My first five minutes. They're like, oh, my God, I'm never listening to this girl again. <laughs> Dirty hippie. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, uh, Anyway. Oh, God. We digress. We but there you digress. go. You should protect your skin's microbiome. You should stop taking so many showers. And if you have a plastic shower curtain, you should swap it out for a uh-huh. cloth shower curtain. Making change for the better. There we go. That's the, that's the, the three-point summary <laughs> of that. <laughs> All right. So this episode is titled Beyond BPA, What the Plastics Industry is Hiding from You. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> So we're going to talk in this episode about plastics and the chemicals in plastics and Mm. why it's harmful for our health and what you can do about it. Mm -hmm. I want to know. So the adverse health effects of plastic chemicals have really been known by Mm -hmm. scientists for decades. Mm -hmm. We've all known about it. It's been swept under the rug. If you remember our sugar cereal, we talked about all of the propaganda in that whole episode, like... Um, the corruption of sugar. Mm. Propaganda. Talked about how the sugar industry has really covered up the health effects Damn, of like sugar. Well, the plastics industry has a similar twisted history. Because there's money. Follow the money trail. That's right. So we'll go into that a little bit. But essentially, we've known that the plastic chemicals that we're exposing ourselves to are harmful. Mm. Um, phthalates and bisphenol a which is bpa okay i've heard of this phthalates and bpa are perhaps the most infamous plastic chemicals but there are actually hundreds that are very harmful to our health most of which have not been researched or checked so Mm. phthalates are a family I'll, i'll talk about phthalates and bpa primarily but then we'll get into why protecting yourself against those plastic chemicals is not enough Mm. And phthalates, P-H-A-L-A-T-A. It's actually a strange spelling. Yeah. It's P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. Okay, if you Google that, I knew it was something funny. Okay. It's it's hard. Yeah. Phthalates. 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 We don't like the phthalates. The phthalates. (laughs) So phthalates are a family of compounds that have been used in plastics for well over 50 years. Mm. So the main property they have that makes them so useful for so many applications is that they can make plastics soft and rubbery. So um, they can soften vinyl plastic, which is very hard. So things like shower curtains, like we Mm -hmm. talked about, Mm -hmm. 
boots and IV tubing, that flexible tubing that you would see if you're in a hospital, like those IV tubes, yeah. are made from that same hard white plastic oh. that plumbing pipes are yes. made from. So if you've ever yes. done any sort of plumbing work yourself around your house or just been to like the hardware store and seen those plumbing pipes, those yes. hard yes. white plastic yes. pipes. Like PVC? Yeah. yeah. That. So they're made from the same hard white plastic that a plumber would use but when you add about 30% by weight to it of a specific type of phthalate, you get soft, pliable vinyl plastic. I do applaud science right now because that is actually really cool. It's cool. I mean, I understand it's not good for our health, but super cool that we can do that. Well, and it's had useful applications, right? I mean, like I, IV. IV tubes. Yeah, that's useful. Yes. In terms of pros and cons, they do save lives. So, yep, that's, <laughs> you know what I that mean? Is, that's really neat. Yeah. Cool. Um, but phthalates are used also unnecessarily in many personal care products such as colognes and perfumes, shampoos, hand soaps, mm. um, and even in the coatings of some medications. Oh. Ew. Yeah. And in vinyl tubing used for food processing and kidney dialysis, which is a problem because you think about when you need kidney dialysis, you do it quite frequently, and that's a lot of exposure to plastic as mm -hmm. things travel in and out of your body through mm -hmm. that tubing. Yeah. Um, so phthalates are probably used in thousands of different products. Wow. <clears throat> Some of which we don't know because if it's used in something like, um, they can be used as part of natural perfumes okay. in a product. I don't know what, what oh, they, still they call would it smell natural. like. Yeah, so they can call them natural perfumes or just perfumes or fragrance and or flavorings. And those things, like natural flavorings or artificial flavorings or whatever, and, and perfumes are all proprietary information. Okay. So companies don't have to list if their proprietary recipe Ugh. of flavorings or scents includes phthalates. <laughs> so if you use it in the blend... Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I guess I don't I don't know the chemistry behind why that would promote stability. But yeah. um, if you use it in the blend, you don't have to list it on the product. Brood. Yeah. Brood. So. <laughs> okay. So probably it's in thousands of products, a lot of which we don't know. Yeah. And then one primary way that people are exposed to phthalates is through diet. So they can leach into our food from vinyl plastic containers mm. um, and materials and anything that the food, if you're buying packaged food, anything in the processing equipment that contains phthalates um, and food preparation gloves, which often are made from a vinyl plastic that mm -hmm. contains phthalates mm -hmm. and food packaging materials. Phthalates can also migrate into our indoor air and household dust when we use things like vinyl flooring and certain types of wallpaper. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. So and I know just paint, they food. have the... Um is it PVC free paint? I'm sure they've more, got like yeah, alternatives. Like, oh my gosh. I feel like, okay, when we walk down this road, I feel like I can't trust anything. It's okay. We'll get into it. Okay. 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 <laughs> there, will, there will be times when you just have to choose the lesser of the two evils. So okay, you can't fair. avoid them, right? They're everywhere in our environment. Like you would have to just live in a glass bubble. Yes. Yes. <laughs> live in a plastic bubble. No one throws stones at me. Yeah. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's unavoidable, but we'll talk about it. But I just okay. want to make consumers aware because yes. there are easy ways to avoid it Yes, when it's coming unnecessarily. If you've already put vinyl flooring into your house, don't right. like go and rip it all out, right? right? 
Right. But but be aware if you're in the middle of a project and you're choosing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, There's something to hardwood. Yeah. So m- numerous studies have found links between personal care product use and concentrations of phthalate metabolites in urine, showing that they do transfer from our skin and our hair into our body and bloodstream. And phthalates can be transferred from mother to fetus during pregnancy. Wow. So it's an especially vulnerable population um, are like young children who are developing fetuses who are developing in the womb and pregnant women because all of those compounds can accumulate wow. in that process. Gosh. Which is also a problem because phthalates now, I think, have been banned from toys, but for a long time, phthalates were also used in children's toys. So. Wow. Okay. So phthalates have been very well studied in animal models where they've been shown to be anti-androgenic and so what i'm referring to is anti-androgen hormones your androgen hormones are your male hormones things like testosterone especially so they can decrease testosterone and other male sex hormones in studies with rats it's been shown that if you dose the pregnant mother the offspring have defects of the male reproductive tract Oh, and of course they're dosing them to high doses, but actually they found that low doses are also harmful. Wow. There have also been studies in humans that find anti-androgenic effects on the development of the male reproductive tract when they're exposed to phthalates in utero. And I actually, I watched a documentary from the 90s when I was in my nutrition program that was talking about how phthalates have so severely impacted male sperm health. Oh, that rather than creating mass panic, all of the parameters of sperm health, this documentary was from the 90s, so I don't know if they're talking about in the 80s or 90s that they did this, but all of the parameters of male sperm health were drastically lowered so that men who at the time were being, were unable to meet any of the healthy parameters, like no male sperm sample had healthy sperm anymore according to the parameters that currently existed for count and motility and morphology and all of those things that you would look at in a sperm analysis so they actually just lowered Lowered the standard standards oh my word i have definitely heard that like sperm count has declined like Mm -hmm. wow so what's considered a normal sperm count normal morphology if you have ever looked at a sperm analysis it's considered normal. <laughs> yeah. It's considered normal for morphology, which is the shape and structure of the sperm. 5% normal morpho- morphology is considered normal. So 95% of sperm can be mutated and mm. that's considered normal. Mm, okay. And the okay. count, what's considered normal for the count is like 10% of what it used to be before mm. they lowered the standards. So now men that pass a sperm analysis when they're examining fertility issues, men can pass a sperm analysis and everything can look quote unquote normal, but yeah, every maybe. standard is like one tenth of what it used to be. So it's not really actually healthy sperm. It's just what is common today. Because of the amount of mutation. Wow. Isn't that like, so they were worried. They were so, doctors and scientists were worried because no men's sperm was passing the test and they were afraid of creating mass panic. So they just lowered all the standards across the board. Okay. I'm sure all the men in in my life that I know are like, get rid of phthalates now that they know this. Like they're like, God. Yeah. 
In the last 10 years, epidemiologic studies have also shown that prenatal exposure to phthalates affects children's neurodevelopmental and neurobehavioral outcomes. A review paper examined more than a dozen studies, all of which have shown that maternal exposure to phthalates during pregnancy can impair child brain development mm-hmm. and increase children's risks for learning, attention, and behavioral disorders. I'm having new fears now <laughs> in my life. <laughs> well, and I just thought it was interesting, like... So we've done an episode on sugar and mm-hmm. how that can relate to ADHD and autism spectrum disorders. We've done an episode on fats and oils and how bad industrial seed oils can influence yeah. ADHD and autism spectrum disorders. We've done an episode on food colorings yeah, and how food colorings can relate and influence children's behavioral and developmental health and influence ADHD and autism spectrum disorders. So think about everything our children are up against. Mm-hmm in the world Mm -hmm. and it's not just one thing right it's this multiplying effect of everything so no wonder like 50 percent of kids have attention deficit disorder now like no and their brains look at what we're up against it it's tough for me because like progress is so great but with progress in the way of the industrial revolution i'm like oh we should check our progress a little bit and clean that up a little bit are we actually making progress or are we devolving as a species oh good question when you're putting so much chemical and unnatural Mm -hmm. into our body environment every day and then this is the outcome (gasps) we might be the only species to be actively devolving shortening our lifespans increasing our neurobehavioral issues yes increasing mood disorders increasing negative health outcomes yep yep Mm -hmm. i think we're devolving i think you're right we we've peaked. We've peaked. We've peaked. <laughs> it's okay. We're yet to come. You guys are all listening to this but podcast. The renegades, so. <laughs> we are gonna bypass the we're the, the bypass downtrend, this. and we're gonna pop back up. Survival of the fittest. Yeah. Okay. So now going into BPA. So bisphenol A BPA. Okay. So that was all about phthalates. Now we're going to okay. talk about BPA. Okay. So BPA is a plastics chemical first synthesized in 1891. So it's okay. been around for quite a while. Okay. In the mid-1930s, scientists determined that it did act as a synthetic estrogen. So where our bodies have natural estrogen, BPA acts as a synthetic estrogen. So it mimics uh, the shape of estrogen and can influence estrogenic activity in the body. But it's not a natural biological estrogen, which your body would just control and take care of it's like flooding your body with estrogen that behaves like estrogen but your body didn't control its output and input so so phthalates gets the guys (laughs) when the bpa is gonna get the girls okay yes Yes. so it's estrogenic but also men can be influenced by estrogens oh fair because women women do have androgenic hormones women yes we have have both testosterone and dhea and all these androgenic hormones yeah men also have a small amount of estrogen yeah but flooding a man's body with estrogen causes it to grow in a way that mimics a woman's body oh interesting and can influence reproductive health because they're not meant to have that much estrogen in their body so by the 1930s so almost 100 years ago now yes folks yes scientists determined that bpa acted as a estrogenic compound we've known that for almost 100 years and at that time it was being investigated as a potential pharmaceutical drug alongside the more potent estrogenic compound des or diethylstilbestrol which has since been banned but bpa 
still around. Because there's money there. And then over the years, knowing that it could act as a pharmaceutical, we decided why not commercialize it and adopt it for a wide range of uses. <laughs> let's, let's. Let's do that. So BPA is a component in hard polycarbonate plastic, thermal receipt paper, so mm. your receipts. Yes. And epoxy resins. Um, it can form the protective lining of food and beverage containers, industrial equipment, and piping. It appears in plastic water bottles, and that includes the hard plastic reusable water bottles. BPA can be present in there. Oh. Dental sealants. If you oh. have plastic dental sealants. Mm -hmm. The lining of tin cans, so can't even get away from it when you're going to tin. <laughs> oh. Bummer. Bummer. Cash register receipts and a few others. Harumph. <laughs> In the U.S., BPA is a high production volume chemical with more than 1 million pounds per year being created, according to the EPA. Wow. We're just like pumping it out. We are pumping it out. And unfortunately, it readily leaches from linings in containers, from the hard plastics, into mm. our water, into our food. Mm. And it could be the, I think, food packaging is one of the largest sources of human exposure to it. Wow. Yep, unfortunately. And then on receipt paper, it's the way that the chemical is formed is kind of this free state, so it's really easily absorbed. So every time you handle a receipt, you're picking up tons of BPA. Oh, from no, it. I have a shop and I touch receipts every day a lot. Yes. Okay. This is a concern for We're retail workers, digital. especially receipts you now. can do email only email only save the save the world wow save my own body yeah, <laughs> yeah. or wear, wear, my gloves. Workers. Wow. wear gloves yeah you might consider switching to email only which i think honestly for the protection of our environment why awesome. why we're still doing printed receipts when everybody just shoves them into the glove compartment of their car or their yes. pockets or their purses and empties them into the trash like twice a year like, why are we still doing so many printed receipts? I, I am get now that conscious having of them. this. Yeah, yes. I, I have never thought twice about a receipt in my life. I also think it's an exposure to ozone. That was actually why I stopped having printed receipts in the first place. But wow. Anyway, um, yeah, I think it's every, for the most part, everybody has email these days. Right. Yeah, or and, text. Or yeah, or text. text. Yeah. And so why not have an electronic copy? Because I know that people save receipts if they need to return a product, which I get. I've done that before yeah. if I'm not sure. Yeah. But why not just have an electronic copy and then you can just search Find for it. it on your, yeah. And you don't have to dig through your purse and handle all of those receipts. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes, BPA easily rubs off of receipt paper. And can make oh. its way into the body through skin and oral exposure. So if you touch a receipt and then touch your face or touch your mouth. Mm -hmm. But yes, it's a huge concern for retail workers, people who are working in grocery stores, people who are working in convenience stores, who are handling those receipts many times a day, every day. Oh. If you're one of those people, you might consider wearing protective gloves, non-plastic non gloves, non-phthalate gloves. BPA has been measured in human blood, urine, breast milk, and umbilical cord blood. So we know it travels through every liquid in the body. And can we? De I don't want to skip to the end, but can we detox this? I'm I'm now oh. concerned about my BPA. That's okay. a good question. I don't uh, I don't know about specific detox okay. for plastics besides just a the normal, normal anti detox. Okay. Yes. Okay. Your body should be if you're supporting. 
Yes. If you're supporting your detoxification systems, yep. your body should be able to detox it on its own. But if you think about how many thousands of chemicals and toxins we are exposed to all the time in our home and in our workplace, mm-hmm. our body's detoxification systems can become overwhelmed, especially there is only a limited number of molecules available to carry off toxins during phase two detoxification. So okay. you have to limit your exposure to toxins in general to support your body's detoxification and then supplement with things like glutathione or selenium or uh, N-acetylcysteine that support your body's detoxification processes. Okay. And then sort of get it the long game then. <clears throat> if it's, right. you don't want to crap, then think consistency, think long-term, right. think habits and good choices friends because you're wanting to eliminate your exposure to lots of different chemicals right Mm -hmm. so it's all about creating an environment wherever you can do that so bpa has been linked to a slew of health problems including brain behavioral learning disorders and memory impairment adhd asthma cardiovascular disease Mm -hmm. insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes obesity breast and prostate cancer liver damage, thyroid and sex hormone disruption, early puberty, changes to egg and sperm development and fertility, and genetic alterations that can then be passed on to future generations. Wow. Um, I'm going to jump in here with a little story, Eleni. Okay, I'm ready. So for my listeners, I'm watching 1883. Anyone? The Yellowstone? It's so good. Anyway, it makes you think like back then, right? They had like you know, trouble with the Native Americans and trouble with dysentery and trouble with the wagon wheel or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that story is. And I really was like, gosh, we have it so easy in this modern life. We don't have to worry about rattlesnakes when we go to the bathroom in the creek or whatever. (laughs) And But now here I'm stopping and thinking, I'm like, are we sort of the spoiled generation? But I'm like, no, uh, this current generation, our problem is truly like battling our own health. Yeah. God. It's like bleeding to death by a thousand paper cuts. Yes. Versus just one quick sword swipe. That you, right. Yeah, that, that, an arrow. Like on the Alamo. Yeah, right? Like, I, I just, it's really interesting because it's like, you know, my great, great grandpa would be, oh, you're so soft, you kids. And we're like, but we're in this like slow, weird pain of little things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a thought I had. We just my- die more slowly in this yeah. generation, yeah. but it's from terrible chronic diseases caused yeah. by our environment and our food. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. So our battle yeah. is for health renegades. Hey there, renegades. Eleni here, briefly interrupting this episode of the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. I wanted to highlight a company that Kay and I have recently discovered that we love, and that company is Bulletproof. Bulletproof sells high-quality nutritional supplements, and every product that Kay and I have tried from them personally, we have found to be excellent. It's important when you choose a supplement that it contain the bioactive forms in order for it to be effective, and Bulletproof has just the right forms in just the right amounts. Right now, if you go to bulletproof.com and use the code RENEGADE15, at checkout, you can receive 15% off your order. That's Renegade, R-E-N-E-G-A-D-E-15. Use that code at checkout to get 15% off and we'll earn a small commission too. Thanks for your support. All right, back to this week's episode of the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. So if you're wondering how 
knowing, I mean, knowing for almost 100 years what the effects of BPA are and knowing for a good long time what the effects of phthalates are, at least since that terrible documentary that was released in the 90s that I watched. <laughs> it was very 90s. It was awesome. Yes. Um, Big hair. I want to watch it. <laughs> it was great. Stirrup pants, the whole nine yards. <laughs> um, so how is how are these things still allowed? Why is this still happening, right? Well, True. of course, because the plastics industry has had a substantial amount of cover-up. Mm. The plastics industry is worth $375 billion, at least. They're not particularly happy about the studies that are demonstrating the endocrine-disrupting effects of their products, so they're going to mm. do something about it, and they have $375 billion mm. to do something to about it, it, right? In recent years, the American Chemistry Council has teamed up with plastics manufacturers to launch campaigns complete with many of the same scientists and consultants who worked with Big tobacco. Hmm. So you think about all the effort that tobacco, the tobacco industry made to cover up the health effects of tobacco for so long. Those same scientists and consultants are helping the plastics industry cover up the harmful effects of plastics. It's no big deal, guys. Yeah, these are good people. Yeah, tobacco's <laughs> fine. Plastics are fine. It's fine. Their efforts aim to discredit scientific research and cast doubt on the dangers of plastics in consumer goods. They're mm -hmm. aiming to make it look like the research is bad or not sufficient or to discredit the scientists who are promoting that research, which when you think about it, how easy is it to discredit a person now with the internet and social media? Anybody mm -hmm. can say anything they want about a person and you don't know if it's true or not, right? Mm -hmm. So the most effective tool to quiet scientists who are coming up with research showing that something like plastics are harmful for our bodies and the environment is to just call them a quack, right? And mm -hmm. repeat that information and get people to discredit them and believe that they're... Yeah, like it's stupid. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's like old ways and not new progressive ways. Yeah, or they don't know, right? So this is... Mm. This happens in every field. <laughs> Not just the scientists who are looking at plastics, but scientists who look at the effects of EMFs, you know, the electromagnetic frequencies from cell phones and electronics. Scientists who look at the safety and efficacy of things like pharmaceuticals and vaccines. Scientists who look at the effect of food. All of these scientists can easily be discredited by industries who want to cover up and sink their research. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These industries use dirty tactics mm. to produce research that favors their products, crush scientific opposition because they have way more money to fund favorable research studies, and sway public opinion re regarding the perceived safety of plastics. So basically there's a lot of PR efforts of the plastic and chemical industries to confuse the public about mm -hmm. the perceived safety of mm -hmm. their products. And it does obstruct the development of regulations for plastic chemicals in the United States because when they're producing research that shows that plastics are safe, well then, what are regulatory committees supposed to do? This research shows it's harmful, this research shows it's safe, and if it's 50-50... You go with convenience mm -hmm. or, you know, like if it's like plastic bag, bad, is plastic good. It's like, well, it's plastic makes life so much easier. So you do mm -hmm. what's easier. Yeah. Or who is putting money in your pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the research continues to be clear. Despite the best efforts of the chemical industry 
to sweep that research under the rug and hide the dangerous truth about the chemicals of plastics, scientists continue to churn out research paper after research paper after research paper linking chemicals in plastics to significant health problems. Furthermore, we have more recently learned that BPA has harmful effects at both high and very low doses. Mm. So you don't have to be exposed to a lot of it for it to have a negative health consequence. And we are exposed to a lot of it all day, every day. Dang. We have also learned that both BPA and phthalates have epigenetic health effects, meaning it affects your genetics and your future generations of children and their children, their genetics which means that BPA induces alterations in gene expression that can be passed down through multiple generations. So your exposure to BPA today could theoretically influence the genetics of your great-grandchildren. Unfortunately, (laughs) I feel like the Adam Adam ruins everything again. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting sad. It's getting worse. (laughs) It'll get worse before it gets better. Unfortunately, BPA alternatives are not any safer. Oh, more marketing. So as consumer awareness of the harmful effects of BPA and phthalates has increased, BPA and phthalate-free products have started to hit the shelves, right? I'm sure we've all seen this. Phthalate-free, BPA-free, safe, natural, whatever. But actually, these products are aren't really any better Mm. current evidence suggests that these alternative plastic products contain chemicals that may be just as harmful if not worse than bpa and phthalates themselves well that's fair this some scientists came up with those two and they come up with you know a hundred other ones we're like these two are bad well the Mm. other hundred ones they come up with are probably bad too that makes sense yep just they're they're just distracting everybody with like oh focus on these two and then we can put whatever we want in the products and you won't care because it's bpa and phthalate free we'll just keep going down the line and the third and fourth now are bad and now the fifth and sixth yep okay a study published in the journal environmental health indicates that almost all plastics including bpa and phthalate free products release chemicals with estrogenic activity Hmm. bisphenol you think I'd have bigger boobs <laughs> well it's a complicated dance <laughs> bisphenol as keep going bps and triphenyl phosphate tpp are two chemicals often found in bpa free products items containing these chemicals have been marketed as quote-unquote safe alternatives to bpa containing plastics but it turns out that both bps and tpp have endocrine disrupting effects that are similar to BPA. And in fact, TPP is even more estrogenic than BPA. Mm. Womp, womp. <laughs> I heard a lot of letters. BPCT, BBA, DTD. Here's, here's my takeaway from that, lady. If there's a lot of letters in a row, it's made up by some <laughs> chemical scientists, and I'm not going to eat it. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> well, you don't always know that it's in there, right? Like there's not a label oh. on the plastic gallon jug you buy that says what's in it so oh, you're right you can't control it oh my word yeah so okay. basically the way that manufacturers can get away with this is because the fda presumes chemicals to be innocent until proven guilty that's their policy mm-hmm. so that kind of turns the consumers into the <laughs> rats 
that are in the giant research study, right? Because we're basically the ones that are testing out the effects of those plastic alternatives. And we're going to find out in 100 years how it's affecting our health. Mm-hmm. But that's until we prove yep. that they're dangerous, yep. so the FDA isn't going to come in and say, no, you can't use that product ingredient until you prove that it's safe. That's not how it works. Manufacturers mm-hmm. can just make products out of any component that they choose. And as long as people aren't dropping dead the moment they touch it. And I feel like it'll never link back to the the jug anyway. No, it's almost impossible. Yes, they'll be like, oh, it was something else they did. Or yeah, it was, it was any genetics. number of thousands yeah. of things in their environment, right? Shoot. Mm. So unfortunate, unfortunate. And there have been some efforts to relabel products in a way that is more transparent. So okay. We see a lot of products that are marketed as BPA-free, so there's been a push to instead label products as, uh, what is it, estrogenic activity-free, so EA-free. Oh. So this would mean that if a product was labeled as estrogenic activity-free or EA-free, that it theoretically shouldn't contain compounds containing estrogenic activities. Wow, any compound, yeah. The problem is we haven't really tested the thousands of chemical compounds that are out there to see if they have estrogenic activity. That's true. That's kind of a bold statement for the... the So we might be producing products and saying, well, as far as we know, it's EA-free, but we actually don't know that it's EA-free. As far as we know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. We don't know much. So it could theoretically be a better way of labeling it. However, it hasn't really translated to improved quality standards because plastic manufacturers take advantage of the EA-free labeling and engage in misleading marketing. So for example, a corporation called Eastman Chemical has been marketing one of its products, Triton Plastic, as EA-free even though third-party testing found that Triton contains other estrogenic chemicals. Oh, but out. yeah, they can keep marketing their product as healthy BPA-free alternative by designing their own research studies because they got lots and lots of money. Mm. So they're like, oh, this third party found problems with our products. Well, then we'll just have our own research studies. And guess what? Our research shows there's no estrogenic activity. It's good. It's, it's all good, it's y'all. It's healthy for you. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> that's not shady. Not shady at all. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's how a lot of companies work. Yeah. Big industries employ those tactics quite a bit. Pharmaceutical industries employ those tactics. They test their own products. And look, it's safe. Mm-hmm. Or they pay for the research studies to test their products. And guess what? Those scientists who are receiving funding are not going to say their product is dangerous. Uh-huh. <gasps> All right, so what do we do about the plastic situation? Because it's it's kind of... It, it, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So the best solution is to avoid all types of plastics. Mm-hmm. All types. Just assume they're all unsafe yeah. until proven otherwise. Guilty mm-hmm. until oh, proven innocent. the other way, yes. As often as possible. Yeah. And even ones labeled as safe alternatives or BPA-free or EA-free, just avoid them all yeah. whenever you can. Yeah. Because at this point, it's just not possible to really know with certainty which plastics are safe and which plastics are not safe. And no matter which ones are safe for humans, they're all terrible for the environment. Yes, yes, true, <laughs> true, true, true. They are the scourge of the environment. So yeah. 
even in investing in the health of future generations who are going to inherit this earth, plastics don't biodegrade unless they're biodegradable. Mm -hmm. So they don't break down. They fill our landfills. They fill Mm -hmm. our our children's future planet with crap. They fill our oceans. They form islands of plastic in the ocean. (laughs) They kill wildlife. It's just a bad thing overall. So avoiding plastic as a consumer, again, remember. Use your purchase power. That's right. You vote with your dollar. Yep. Consumers have the power to influence the market. I know that you feel like as one person, you can't make a difference. Trust me. We feel that way every day on this podcast. Like, how are we possibly going to make a difference? But the more people that do it. Yep. And the more demands are made for non-plastic alternatives. <laughs> yep. You can't you definitely make a difference. It can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I I think one thing I want to convey is like I am not a purist about this, right? Like right. I, I'm not saying go live in a glass bubble and yeah. <laughs> yes. never touch anything from the outside and rip out all the flooring of your house because there's chemicals in everything. There's chemicals in wood flooring. Yeah. There's chemicals yes. in drywall. Yes, Like carpet. you're surrounded, right? Yeah, right. there's tons of chemicals in carpet. Right. There's chemicals in your pipes. Like you just can't. Right, without living in a mud hut, which, okay, sure, let's do that too. Right, you can't get away from it. Yeah. So um, I I think it's like, I still consciously use plastic yeah. in my day-to-day life. I know. I was just looking at this. I'm like, this is plastic. And yeah. here we are, you know. Well, this is yeah, is metal, this metal metal with plastic parts. Yeah. Because it's unavoidable, right? Yeah. So I still use canned, like here's an example, right? I used canned tuna and canned olives and artichokes. Although I do look for glass alternatives for those whenever it's possible. Because some things are just hard to find in glass. For example... Yeah. The artichokes we used to buy, which were in, <clears throat> in glass yeah. and organic, were also in sunflower oil. <laughs> uh. So I stopped using them because I was like, well, the sunflower oil. And now I use the Trader Joe's canned artichokes and cans have BPA or BPS. If it says BPA free, it probably contains BPS. Which I would, you know, like, of course, like, I have to choose which am I going to yeah. avoid. The crappy industrial seed oils that I know are so ant- so inflammatory yeah. for my yeah. body or the BPA, right? So I'm choosing the thing that I know contains BPA or BPS over the thing that I know contains crappy industrial seed industry oils because I don't want to support that industry either. Uh-huh. There's so, no perfect unicorn right, of, right. Of, of that or artichoke, whatever you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. I think seed oils are a greater problem. So that's what okay. I'm choosing to avoid. Or things yeah. like tuna in glass containers is available. I've seen that before, but it's hard to find, but I've seen it. Yes. But I like the Safe Catch brand, which is the lowest in heavy metals of any tuna brand in the market because they third party test every fish that comes into their facility yeah. and choose only the ones that are like 10 times below the limit. Of what's allowable for heavy metals. I need that. And they don't put their tuna in glass jars. I wish they would, but they don't. They put it in BPA-free cans that are probably filled with BPS and other TPP and other toxic plastic alternatives. Yep. So I found tuna in a glass jar, but it didn't say it was tested for heavy metals. And so then Mm. what's worse, right? The toxic heavy metals or the BPA. (laughs) So... You know, again, make your choice. You have to pick your poison. Or I know that the workout mat that I have 
probably contains endocrine disrupting hormones, but it's better for me to work out than to not work out. And I can't work out on our hard cement floor down here. Yes. Right? Like, so you're just, you have to choose. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Choose your battles. Right. What's the lesser of the evils? What's the thing that's giving you health benefits? Or for example, we freeze because we don't can. Um, we freeze all of our produce from our garden that can be frozen. So our greens and zucchini and yeah, anything that can be frozen. Tomatoes, we freeze. And unfortunately we have, we use a vacuum sealer that has plastic bags that I wonder, you know, they say they're like BPA free, but I have all the other ones. It's it's meaningless now, right? BPA free is meaningless. So there is no way for us to store all of those greens in glass mm. containers. We already have three, three extra freezers. Wow. And we still don't have enough space for all of the frozen fish we buy, all of the frozen, because we buy like shares. So we buy shares of cow, shares of pork, shares of chicken all yes. at one time. We already don't have space. So if we weren't vacuum sealing and preserving and vacuum sealing, in plastic, unfortunately, preserves those greens without frostbite for a whole year. So like, what am I going to do? Not preserve anything from my garden and Mm -hmm. go without any of my own organic produce? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to put it in plastic, right? What's the lesser of the two evils? Not eating vegetables for an entire year or eating non-organic vegetables or non-local vegetables or eating vegetables that have been in cold plastic. Yeah. And we at least don't heat them in our plastic. But right, so like I make decisions. I don't- Yes, but it's an educated choice. Right. I don't like using the plastic. I would use anything else if it was available, but they don't make vacuum-packed glass. Right. right? (laughs) That just folds in on itself. Like you can suck the air out of a glass container but you can't fit that in your freezer it would be impossible we'd need six more freezers yeah so. <laughs> yes. so right we're making choices you can't avoid all of the toxins all the time yeah. but you can make a conscious effort to avoid them whenever you can so yeah. even though it's not an option for us to avoid the plastics that are used to preserve our food and wrap our meat that we buy we know we're making good decisions buying those things we're having yes the meat that's locally grown, right? I'd much rather have grass-fed, pasture-raised meat wrapped in plastic than conventional beef. And what would you wrap it in anyway? If it's in plastic. Right. And is yours like a paper-lined, like the the beef you get? Is it a paper? We have them wrap it in the plastic and then the paper because otherwise it gets freezer burned. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't last the year. You're so right. We tried to avoid it, and it just resulted in a lot of freezer burn. Okay, okay, Me. that's fair. Plastic, I know. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of those. Nothing in life is black or white, good or evil. Like there, there is some gray here. Like, yeah. Or we just allow that because it's like, well, what are we gonna do? Right. Ah! If somebody wants to come out with a safe alternative, and unfortunately, silicone has also been found to have estrogenic activity. Oh, no way. The resealable. So, oh, my. If you have, I have resealable bags because I was like, I don't want to use plastic. And then I found that out. And I was like, son of a. Vegas. <laughs> Even okay. silicone. Well, maybe this will be. I'm sure maybe we'll have comments of like, okay, you better um, do the jarring then. Yeah. Or canning. canning. But that destroys nutrients. So. Oh, shoot. Because freezing preserves nutrients better. Canning oh. heats up goods. And you can't can everything. You can't can. I mean, you can can greens, but. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, yeah right, right. Okay. This is just the necessary evil. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's a few tips for reducing your exposure wherever okay. you can. Okay. Right. So use glass cups, 
glass bottles for drinking. Don't use plastic water bottles. There's an easy one. That is easy. (laughs) It's easy. You can control that. Or we use stainless steel for our water bottles. Does have a plastic lid. Okay. Because a metal lid is hard to find. Yep. A glass lid is hard to find. Yeah. So there's still some plastic, but at least it's not an entirely plastic water bottle. When it sits in the car and the car gets hot, it doesn't release toxic plastics into my water. Um, but you can use glass bottles, stainless steel bottles, stainless yeah. steel cups for drinking. You can avoid plastic that way. Instead of plastic water bottles, use the stainless steel or the glass. Use glass containers for food storage. We do do that pretty much exclusively. So any leftovers we have go in glass containers. Yep. And then they do have a plastic lid. But we don't heat our food up Gosh. in those containers. We take the lid off, heat mm-hmm. it up on the stove in a pan. Mm-hmm. Right? So unavoidable. But mm-hmm. consumers can vote dollars yes never ever heat food in plastic containers okay never never do, don't do it don't do it okay because the heat causes the plastic to leach at an even greater rate into your food okay sorry tv dinners mm, yep eek. frozen meals Ike. Put them in, yeah, put them into it something else yeah um Use parchment paper or beeswax fabric instead of plastic wrap whenever that's possible. We do have plastic wrap at our house, but we wrap everything in parchment paper first so the plastic doesn't touch the food. Oh, yeah. And we do have that beeswax fabric, which works really well for a lot of things. Sometimes I'll just like put something in a jar and put the beeswax over it or Mm -hmm. wrap leftover cheese or something in um, the beeswax fabric. Or we also have bio bags, which are biodegradable. They don't contain plastic. They're like cornstarch or something like that. Yeah. We put food in those too. Yeah. Yeah. So if we have to use plastic, we put, or something besides glass, Mm -hmm. we use the beeswax. We use the biodegradable food bags that aren't plastic based. Mm -hmm. Avoid canned foods as much as is possible as the linings typically contain BPA or BPA alternative. So again, whenever you can, yeah. Buy dried beans and soak them, <laughs> you yes. know, buy dried lentils and soak them. Just wherever you can avoid canned things yeah, is a good idea. And plus making your own food fresh from scratch is better anyway. Mm-hmm. Read labels on cosmetic and personal care products and avoid those that at least say they contain phthalates in the ingredient list. Although keep in mind that fragrances and flavors can contain phthalates without being listed. Mm. Skip the receipt. As most of yes. them have a BPA coating. So whenever they ask you at the store, do you want your receipt? I always say no. Mm-hmm. Or if they give me an email option and I know I need it, I'll choose the email option. Right. Mm-hmm. Choose wood or fabric toys for children instead of plastic toys. Yeah. Yep. I like Which that. Look, they look pretty in your house anyway, and they they're do. more sustainable for the environment. Yeah. So I know it's, you know, those are a few things you can do. It's really, again, think about what I'm saying. You have to choose, right? Yeah. I'm still using plastics, knowing even what I know about plastics, we're still choosing to use them. Yeah. Because preserving our food and eating our locally grown organic food that's full of nutrients from our nutrient-dense soil is always going to be a better alternative to me than buying produce at the supermarket. Yeah. So you pick your poisons. Or buying the heavy metal free tuna that I know and can feel good about eating compared to tuna in a glass jar that might still have lots of toxic metals in it. Yeah. I don't know. You're going to have to choose. So I'm not saying this to like freak you out and make you live in a bubble. Yeah. But there are some, it just, I think it's important for people to be aware of what you're up against. Yes. 
I agree. This is smart. And I think there's a wisdom in that of like, okay, this is reality. Do your best. Right. And this is not perfect, but we're doing better than right. we could. And if you have a, a health concern, then that might be extra motivation to make sometimes the hard decisions. You know, I bring cloth reusable bags to the grocery store. Um, if I'm picking up produce, I have some cloth mesh bags. I can put it in instead of yeah. plastic bags. Mm-hmm. But some grocery stores are now carrying those biodegradable bags that are not plastic based. So there's options too that are plastic free even at the grocery store. So wherever yeah. and however yeah. you can, yeah. don't be afraid of <laughs> leaving your house or living in your house yes. because yes. of it. But just I think it's important that people are aware of the exposure that they have every day. And then that way you can make choices to avoid unnecessary exposure whenever you can. Then maybe I just thought in your, like in our environment here, I'm like, oh, then maybe an air filter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like an air purifier? Could help. We have one. I don't know how small like microplastics get or if that gets filtered out. Oh yeah, it through it anyway. Okay, okay. And by the way, this episode, we didn't even get into microplastics because... Oh, we said macroplastics. Macroplastics. Because microplastics are such a thing of their own. Oh, this will be another podcast. It's another podcast. They're in our salt, our tea, our coffee, our food, our products, our everything. Okay, good. I'm seeing how resilient our bodies are that we're handling all of this. Yeah, sort of, right? But we also are dying from chronic diseases at a much greater rate. We have much greater rates of behavioral and neurodevelopmental disorders. That's fair. And our this newest generation is not living as long as its predecessors. So yeah, we yeah. are like yeah. not actively dropping dead, but I wouldn't <laughs> right. say that we're, we're like... Thriving. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say that we're impervious to it but you're right our bodies can handle an incredible amount of insults we are seeing the effects of it Mm -hmm. alarmingly increasing rates of cancer and alzheimer's and diabetes and all these things that are influenced by our environment and by our food choices but it's a miracle that we're as healthy as we are considering what we're up against yeah those living after the industrial revolution here we are Yep. So we'll have another episode on microplastics in case you guys, everybody's probably like, forget it. I'm never listening to your podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Downers with the plastics. But there are things you can do. And I think even just being aware of it, yeah. you can decrease your exposure, right? So now the next time you're at the store, you're like, oh, I'm going to look for glass alternatives. So now I'm going to look for the stainless steel, the stainless yep. steel or the ketchup or the mustard that's in glass instead of in plastic, or I'm yeah. going to say no to the receipt and not just stick it in the bottom of my purse or my glove compartment or something. So yeah. anything you do is better than doing nothing. Yes. Yes. And I like how you said that like de- death by a thousand cuts. It's like, well, if we can take away eight cuts, you know, each week we're doing all right. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. So don't feel discouraged or fearful. That's never our intent. Right. Right. It's to give you options and to yep. give you knowledge and yep. understanding so that you can make the best choices yep. with what you have. Because yep. we don't have the opportunity to make perfect choices in this yep. world. We can't avoid it all. Yep. So we're making the best choices and we're making conscious choices. Yes. That to me is the biggest yes. thing. Like being educated and making conscious choices so that we know all right, I'm choosing to vacuum seal my food in plastic, but I know exactly the yeah. harms of it. Yeah. I'm educated about it. Yeah. I'm making this choice. And because I choose to do that, I drink out of a stainless steel water yes. bottle. Yes. And That's I only smart. use ceramic plates and I only use metal cutlery and I don't use yeah. 
plastic cups. And yes, yes. <laughs> smart. Right. So yep. just being educated and informed is yep. always our. Yep. And then own your choice. There it is. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you, Eleni, for that knowledge again. And I will, after every podcast, I go home and I adjust my life because of what I learned. So I will adjust probably the... um, the BPA um, receipts will be my first. Thing yeah, that'll tackle, be a big so. thing. You can just tap the shop, just yeah. email only or no receipt. Mm, I like it. So okay. Well, thank you, Elaney. Yes. And you bet. for the rest, of you ditch your receipts and go be <laughs> renegades. Go be renegades. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. Please keep in mind that this podcast is an educational service that provides general health information. The content on this podcast is not a substitute for direct, personal, professional medical care and diagnosis. You should always talk to your doctor before making a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be renegades! Go be renegades!